Good morning. When I was working as a consultant, I often helped microfinance organizations with strategic planning. I always started by talking about vision and mission. Vision is an image of what you want the world to look like. Mission describes what you do to achieve that vision. Many times I would give people markers or colored pencils and ask them to draw their vision. And I was always amazed at the pictures of healthy families, thriving businesses, and vibrant cities. When I read this morning's verses from Jeremiah, I was first struck by the imagery of God's vision spoken through the prophet Jeremiah for the exiles in Babylon. God describes the people living in safe houses, eating produce from verdant gardens, marrying and having children. Successive generations live peacefully in the land of their exile and even pray for the peace of their city. Other biblical visions came to mind. For example, use your mental colored pencils to draw the vision from Micah 4, which describes the peaceful security of the kingdom of God where swords are beaten into plowshares, nations coexist peacefully, every person sits under his or her own vine and fig tree, and no one makes them afraid. And imagine Jesus' kingdom vision, which puts the poor and socially excluded at the head of the line. I'm sure you can think of many more biblical images of the kingdom of God. God's word paints for us a vision for the world. What do these vivid passages have to say to us in our congregation today? Before I could think about how our congregation contributes to God's vision, I had to do a little theological thinking. Does God need us to bring about his vision? Since theology is not my strong suit, I consulted commentaries and people who know more than I do about these things, and it seems the conclusion is no. The marvelous reality is that God's kingdom is already established. It is present around us. We are to bear witness to the kingdom and help others recognize the presence of the kingdom, but we aren't needed to create the kingdom. Jeremiah says that God, the Lord of hosts, has spoken. I looked up what Lord of hosts means. John Gill, an 18th century British, British theologian, noted that, quote, the titles which the Lord here takes are worthy of notice. The Lord of hosts, of the armies above and below, that does according to God's pleasure in heaven and in earth, with whom nothing is impossible, who could easily destroy the enemies of his people and deliver them, either immediately by his power or immediately by means of armies on earth or by legions of angels, unquote. I loved being reminded of the awesome power of God. It would appear from such a description that the Lord of hosts doesn't need us. God's kingdom is already here. What a relief, really, to be reminded that the responsibility for bringing about justice in the world does not rest on our frail shoulders. But we are all aware that God does ask us to be at work in the world. Indeed, we were created to do God's work. The Ephesians passage today tells us that we were saved by grace through faith, a gift of God, and that God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. 
We try to be worthy and show gratitude for God's gift and bring God joy by doing the work that God wants us to do. God doesn't need us, but God chooses to use us and is pleased by our contributions. So to recap, the scriptures tell us God has a vision for all the world. God is at work establishing that vision, and we were created both to do God's work and to find joy in helping. And Jesus' life and teaching show us what to do. Now to apply that thinking to our congregation, our mission statement, which we find on the back of our bulletin every Sunday, lays out our congregation's expression of what we want to do and be in order to bear witness to God's vision. It is our purpose as a congregation. We intend to contribute to the well-being of Lancaster City and the wider world. I wasn't here when that statement was created, but I'm sure that it is the result of thoughtful discernment on the part of the congregation. And I think that contribute is a perfect choice of words here. It reminds us that God is ushering in God's kingdom, and we are participating where we are called. The dictionary tells me that contribute means to give time, knowledge, assistance, money, and material goods in common with others. Our mission is to contribute. We give what we have, and we do it together. What an opportunity and what a challenge. We know this is what we were created for, and we have seen God's vision in the Bible. We agree that we want to contribute to the well-being of Lancaster City and the wider world. The challenge seems to me to be identifying and choosing where and what and how much to contribute. God is at work in all the world. Where should we be and what should we be doing? God asks the people in exile in Babylon to bless their city. I expect God also asks us to bless Lancaster City. After all, as Christians, strangers in a strange land, we too are a people in exile. While our allegiance and citizenship are in the kingdom of God, we are called to bless the place where we live today. But we aren't to limit ourselves only to our city. We know, too, that God wants us to participate in and bear witness to God's kingdom throughout the world. But once again, we're wondering exactly what God is asking us to do as a congregation. Already, just in the city, we're involved with community meals, winter shelter, Arbor Place, McCaskey East, affordable housing, and much more. Outside the city, we contribute people and resources to a long list of organizations and projects. You should look at our mission activities list and consider what it means in terms of effort on the part of East Chestnut Street. But how do we know what God has in store for us next? I think that we need to practice paying attention and sharing with each other what we have seen. Slow down. Look carefully. Use your vision to see God's kingdom all around you. Use your eyes to see the redemptive work of Christ all around you. Keep watch for the always active Holy Spirit all around you. This morning as I walked to church, I tried it. I asked God to open my eyes to see God's kingdom unfolding in the blocks between my home and this meeting house. I passed the hospital, Reynolds Middle School, Milagro House. 
what might be happening among the patients, students, and homeless moms that inspires something from us. I pass the library, which serves as a community gathering place and is so desperately in need of funds. I pass City Hall and the former site of Occupy Lancaster. Are those places that call for attention from us? I remembered a former pastor who gathered a group of people to pray unceasingly as they walked the streets of their city. Could God be calling us to bless the place of our exile through regular prayer? I passed a vacant lot that could make a terrific community garden and a condemned house that could be a home for a family in need. I passed the Turkey Hill and came to our own church building. Should we be doing more on our own block? You could undertake the same exercise here in the city or in the wider world that you move through on a given day. What are the signs of God's kingdom and how can we bear witness to the presence of the Lord of hosts? Our mission is to contribute to what God is already doing in Lancaster City and the wider world. And we need to pay attention to identify what those things are and then work together to discern what we are called to contribute. We know that contributing to the kingdom is what God created us for, is what God asks of us, and what will bring joy to God and to us. The Ephesians passage told us that God has prepared work for us, so let's continue to pay attention and see what that work is. Remembering that we are bearing witness to God's redeeming work should we take on challenges that are bigger than what we think we can accomplish? What is God calling us to do next? For it's clear that we are continuously called to contribute to the well-being of Lancaster City and the wider world. Finally, let's remember that while we are giving people bread for their physical needs, we also bear witness to Jesus, the bread of life. Our verse from Matthew today tells us, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. To God be the glory. In closing, let me read a poem based on Psalm 15, written by Stephen Mitchell. Lord, who can be trusted with power and who may act in your place? Those with a passion for justice, who speak the truth from their hearts, who have let go of selfish interests and grown beyond their own lives, who see the wretched as their family and the poor as their flesh and blood. They alone are impartial and worthy of the people's trust. Their compassion lights up the whole earth, and their kindness endures forever. Amen.